Hi, welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you and empowers you to be all God created you to be. We love you. Welcome to the family. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, every week at Haven, we go to the Word of God. <clears throat> we believe you can base your life on it. First Samuel. First Samuel chapter 21. <clears throat> Amen. We're grateful for the bread of life. We're thankful for, uh, for truth. In a day and an age and a culture that is bent on confusing truth. <clears throat> we can know truth. And if we know truth, we can be free. Amen. First Samuel chapter 21. When you find it, can you say amen? <clears throat> Liars. Wow. Don't even have a Bible. Some of y'all don't even have a phone. You're out here just talking about amen. That's okay. There's grace. First Samuel chapter 21. <clears throat> the Bible says, then David came to Nob. Now, that's not the Nob in Hamilton, Okay. It's not the knob where the revival started in Hamilton in, I think it was the 60s, um, in a chicken coop, is what I'm told. <clears throat> Lord, do it again. But this was the knob where Ahimelech, the priest, say the priest, and Ahimelech came to meet David, trembling, he was afraid, and said to him, why are you alone and no one with you? This is a king running around by himself. And the, the high priest is shook because I think we can read into the text that David probably looked disheveled. David himself probably looked afraid in this season of his life. And David said to Ahimelech the priest, the king has charged me with a matter and said to me, let no one know anything of the matter about which I send you and with which I charge you, I've made an appointment with a young man for such and such a place, right? Now, this is a little deception that, that David is letting out here, just like some of y'all just were a little deceptive about the Bible. Verse 3, now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever is here. And the priest answered David, I have no common bread on hand, but there is holy bread. Somebody say holy bread. If the young men have kept themselves from women, and David answered the priest, truly women have been kept from us, as always when I go on an expedition, the vessels of the young men are holy even when it is ordinary journey. How much more today with their vessels be holy? So the priest gave him the holy bread, for there was no bread there but the bread of the presence. Say the bread of his presence. Amen. Which is removed from before the Lord to be replaced by hot bread on the day it is taken away. Verse 8, that David said to him, like, then have you not here a spear or a sword at hand? For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. And the priest said, the sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you struck down in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here, wrapped in cloth behind the ephod. 
Somebody say behind the ephod. If you'll take that, take it. For there is none but that here. And David said, there is none like that. Give it to me. I want to speak to us on this thought tonight. If you have a pen or if you're writing in your, your digital device, write this down under or behind, rather, the ephod. Behind the ephod. Amen. Let's pray, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence that's in the room. Thank you for the spirit of God that is ministering to hearts. And Lord, I pray that you draw us nearer, nearer to you, nearer to the place of surrender. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would continue to build, build hope and build faith. Lord God, in this house, God calls us to be doers of this word and not hearers only. In your name we pray. Amen. And so we, we have David who the context of our story tonight, stay with me, David who's on the run. He's on the run from, from his wife's daddy. <clears throat> What's his wife's daddy's name? Saul. He's on the run from Saul. Saul wants him dead. And he knows this because Jonathan has come to him and said, bro, you've got to get out of town. Not tomorrow, not sometime next week. You've got to go now. And David's clued in because Saul has already tried to stick him with a spear. Things are pretty serious. And, uh, and so David doesn't take food. He doesn't take a sword. He takes nothing with him. He goes alone, and he's in trouble. And so this is David who has already been anointed. He's already been prophesied to. He's already got a clear vision of what the future might be for him. He's already got a glimpse of what is in the road and in the days ahead, right? And isn't it so difficult when the Lord gives you a glimpse he gives, you a, he gives you a word of prophecy. He gives you a bit of insight as to what the calling or the future might be for you. But then things go completely in the other direction. And, and in all of the, the ideas of what he has for you, everything is topsy-turvy. He's discouraged. He's defeated. He's disillusioned. He's on the run. He's without hope. He's without sustenance. He doesn't have bread. He doesn't have sword. And he is in distress. Anybody else been there? You know what the Lord has said to you. You know what the man of God, the woman of God, you know what thus saith God is about your future, but even still you find yourself, uh, you find yourself in a valley, if you will, on the run, maybe for your life. God, why is it so dark now? I thought you were moving on my behalf. I thought I was the one anointed king. I thought my future was bright. I thought the days of the believer or the righteous got brighter and brighter and brighter. This doesn't feel brighter. This feels darker, right? He's discouraged. He's on the run. And where does he go? He doesn't go to the prophet. He could have gone to Samuel, the one who anointed him. But he doesn't go to Samuel. Where does he go? He goes to the high priest. He runs to the high priest. He runs to the high priest when he's without hope. He runs to the high priest when he's got nowhere else to go. He runs to the high priest when he's got no answer for himself. He runs to the high priest when he has no means of self-defense. And where do you run? 
And where do I run? When things get difficult, when, when this Christian walk, if you will, becomes, uh, becomes, becomes a, a, a little overwhelming, when the winds become contrary, when things aren't going like you thought they would go, when we're coming into midterms for some of us in school and the grades don't look like they should look, right? When uh, baby girl's not hollering back anymore, uh, when, uh, when uh, the Holy Ghost didn't hit me like I thought he would, right, in service, and I didn't get the goosebumps that I wanted, where do you go when you're disillusioned, when you're discouraged? Man, where do you go when, when it's not just a day of discouragement, but man, there's days. Where do you go when it's not just a day of just feeling like throwing in the towel, but it's days of feeling like throwing in the towel. When it's days of, 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 of uh, feels like nothing is working out like it's supposed to work out, where do you go? And would to God tonight that you and I, like David, would learn that we too have a high priest. Amen? That we too have a high priest. That we don't just have to run to, 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 uh, to uh, bestie. We don't have to run to boyfriend or girlfriend. We don't have to run to the one who always has a word for us, right? That one that, that maybe they can, they can remind us. But we too have a high priest that we can run to. Amen? And so I understand that we've been talking about Jesus Christ, the baptizer, and the Holy Ghost, and in fire. And praise God for the baptizer. And I believe he's here to baptize tonight. We've preached about the God who delivers. And praise God for a God who is a delivering God. And he's got deliverance here for you tonight. But if we could, for a moment, I'd like to talk to you about Jesus, the high priest. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord, for being our high priest. Thank you for being a place that we too can go when we need rest. That we too can go when we need courage put in. We too can go where we can have hope restored into our hearts and into our soul. Hebrews 4 says, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace I don't know about you, but I find in every day that I rise, I need more mercy, not less. I need more grace, not less grace. And he says that I may find mercy and grace when in my time of need. I don't know what you need tonight, but there is a high priest that knows. There's a high priest that's been through the valley. There's a high priest that's been on the run, hallelujah, that's been in hiding. Oh, that's had spears and javelins thrown at him. There's a high priest Oh, that's been depressed and discouraged. There's a high priest. Oh, that's been in a garden wailing with such anxiety that blood began to pour from his vessel. Oh, my God, we have a high priest that's been through what you're going through, and he knows what you need. Hebrews 7 further says, verse 20, and it was not without an oath for those who formerly became priests were made such without an oath. But this one... This one was made priest 
with an oath by the one who said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. Hallelujah. You are priest forever. I don't have to look to another and I don't have to look for another. He and he alone is my high priest. Verse 22 of Hebrews 7, this makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. That's just a legal term for the guarantee. The person that guarantees there's a better covenant. <laughs> Hallelujah unto God. A covenant that's not based on my work. That's not based on how much Bible reading I did this week. That's not based on how well I kept the covenant this week. That's not based on how I talked to my neighbor. That's not based on, on what I watched or I didn't watch. But it's based on the blood of Jesus Christ, my high priest. That's based on his grace. That's based on his mercy. That is new every single day. Verse 23 says the form Former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he who holds priesthood permanently because he continues forever, consequently, he's able to save to the uttermost. <laughs> Hallelujah unto God. Oh, whatever you came in with, oh, whatever you've left with in the past, it makes no difference. He's able, the word says, to save to the othermost. Who? Those who will draw near to God through him. I don't know what shame has told you, but the good news is you can draw near to this high priest even this night. Hallelujah. Since he always lives to make intercession for us. We can go home already just on reading Hebrews uh, about the high priest who always lives to make intercession. I know I've got one that's interceding, that's standing in the gap between me and judgment. There's one that's holding off the judgment of God the Father. And who is it? It's God the Son, Jesus Christ, who's pleading, who's reminding God the Father. I died for them. I spilled my blood for them. I love them. Oh, they're covered by my blood. Oh, you can see God the Father is is God the Son. All you can see is the covenant that I've made with my own blood. Hallelujah. For it was indeed, verse 26 of Hebrews 7, fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily for his own sins, and then for those of the priests, since he did this once for all when he offered up what? Himself. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests. But the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. Look at Hebrews 10, verse 11. You should write that down, Hebrews 10. And every priest stands daily at his service. Thank you, Andrew. Offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from the time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. That's you and me. Amen. You and me. This one, when he enters into the Holy of Holies, unlike everyone prior to him who have to, uh, who enter in, they enter in behind a veil. 
and that no one can see beyond the veil. And everyone that's not the high priest has to stay outside of the veil. But this one, when he enters in, <laughs> oh, this one, when he enters in, the veil is torn from top to bottom. Hallelujah. Unto God. No more separating you and I from the throne of grace. It's torn from top to bottom. No more religion. Man can't keep you out. Man can't separate you from the presence of God. There's not an auntie. There's not an uncle. There's not a granny. There's not a daddy. There's not a preacher. There's not a bishop. There's not a prophet that can keep you from the presence of God. Why? Because man didn't tear the veil. Jesus Christ himself tore the veil when he walked through to offer this sacrifice. What am I telling you? We have a high priest. David found the high priest. Amen. In his time of need. Hallelujah. And here he is. Jesus. Walking into the Holy of Holies. Why? He is the Holy of Holies. He is the mercy seat. Why? He is the tabernacle. He is the showbread. He is the candlesticks. He is the oil in the candlesticks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it says that he, he's there in, in our moment of need. And so why? Because he's here to meet your need. Amen. You need healing? There's a high priest in the house. Hallelujah. You need restoration? There's a high priest in the house. You need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. There's a high priest in the house. Salvation, good news. Provision, good news. There's a high priest in the house. Oppression lifted, good news. There's a high priest in the house. You need provision for tomorrow. Don't know where the next, the next payment or bill is how it's going to be paid. There's a high priest in the house. Those aren't just like good words for a sermon. All across this house, you better know, there are testimonies of deliverance. Anybody been delivered in the house tonight besides me? There are testimonies of God being a provider. Even when I messed up my finances, even when I was foolish, even when I forgot to pay the bill... <laughs> And I know there's, we got all that debt. Serves you right. Maybe it does. But I'm thankful for mercy. And I'm thankful for grace. And I'm thankful I have a high priest who's my provider. And I'm not saying I'm covered in debt. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I understand that that's the idea and the attitude of, of many people. Well, you got yourself there. Now you have to deal with the consequences. Just have to be a slave to the lender. <clears throat> I'm not saying we live our lives in such a way that, that we are dependent on the miracles of God. But when we live our lives in such a way where we've made mistakes and we learn better, there's grace. And there's mercy. Maybe you don't believe that. I'll take the grace and mercy for it. So you just stay off of it. Maybe there's more for me in that, in that regard. Amen. Robert Murray McShane said this about the high priest who makes, lives to make intercession for us. He said, if I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear all the forces of hell. 
if I could hear Christ making intercession for me in the next room, oh, I know that I would not fear all the forces of hell. And further, he says, yet I know distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. Amen. Fear not. (laughs) Take courage. You have an intercessor. You have a high priest. Hallelujah, Peter, who's prayed for you. Hallelujah. And if you fall, get up and come back to the Father. Hallelujah. Amen. And so when David is distressed and David doesn't know where the next meal is going to come from, David who's anointed as king, David who, 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 who has a, a plan for his life, David who's full of passion, David who's, who's full of the songs of heaven, David who's a friend of God, David when he's discouraged found that there's some place that he could go. And what does he do? He shows up and he says, do you have anything to eat? Some of y'all like that. Roll up to the house. Got anything to eat? Of course. Listen, I made a comment about some frescas a couple weeks ago. And some of y'all got so so hurt over that. I've received probably 42 cases of fresca since... um, I'm not complaining, this is not me complaining, but this is me saying, uh, come and drink. Come and eat. My friend, Mark Barker, always sang his favorite song every time he got up to take offering or prayer or dismiss or introduce the preacher. Come and dine, come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. Has a table all the time. Does anybody know that? No. Nobody, that's not, yeah. So we want to be a blessing. We want you to come and hang out and break bread with us. In fact, it blesses our soul. And uh, so drink all of our fresca. Um, I mean, you can bring, I'm not saying don't bring any, you know, like, but I'm just saying. It was, it was just, it was just, all right. I feel like I have to say, like, let everybody know we're being sarcastic or not. And so David is asking in verse 3, David is asking for sustenance. When he came to the high priest, he didn't just show up without a purpose. He didn't show up to look cute. He didn't come to the high priest for a fashion show. He didn't come to get a good number. Like, he didn't come to meet a hot chick. I don't know that we say that anymore. A baddie. He didn't come so he could find his TikTok friends and do a quick TikTok dance. came with a purpose. He said, I need bread. What'd you come for? What'd you come for? You know what you get when you come to the house of God? What'd you come for? (laughs) You get what you come for. 
Did you come uh, because you needed to check off a religious box because you've been around here and it's expected? You come because, you know, it's a social gathering for you or because of peer pressure or and I know some of you were invited, you know, and you've never been in a place like this, and you're still trying to figure it out. Like, these people are kind of crazy. I'm not sure what's going on. Why is he so, why has he been yelling so much? Why, are they bringing out snakes? <laughs> That's tomorrow night. you got to come back tomorrow night. <clears throat> I'm kidding. There's no snake. Yeah. Talk to Ezra. David comes to the high priest, and he says, I need bread. He puts a demand on the high priest. And because he asks for bread, guess what he's going to get? The word says you have not because you ask not. Or because when you ask, you ask amiss for your own, because of your own vein, and for your own, for your own selfish reasons. And I don't know what you came for, but I didn't come to look pretty. I didn't come for a fashion show. But I did come to get in, to, to have an encounter with the living God. I come to lift his name high, but also come to have an encounter with the living God. I didn't come to look pretty, but I do hope that I leave looking dangerous to the enemy, dangerous to the forces of hell. I did come because when I leave this place, I want to go in the authority and the power of God. I want to go with new courage. I want to go with new hope. I want to go with fresh vision. I want to go, oh my God, declaring the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. No matter how dark it gets, no matter how discouraged I've been, oh, I want to leave with my spirits lifted high. I want to leave with courage in my heart. I came for a reason tonight. And the And the high priest says, I don't have any ordinary bread. I don't have any common bread. He says, all I've got is holy bread. All I've got is is the bread of his presence. All I've got is the bread that's been sitting in the tabernacle for the last 24 hours. The priest believed that, 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 that as the bread would sit there, the bread would soak up the presence of God. And as the priest would partake of the bread, they were, this is a foreshadowing of, uh, uh, of communion. And, and as, the, as the priest would, would allow that bread to soak up and then take it in, he was taking in the presence of God. Did anybody come to the house to soak in the presence, to take in the presence of God? Oh, the kind of bread that doesn't leave you hungry, that doesn't leave you, that doesn't leave you searching for more, that doesn't cause you to run and, and look for another snack or another sweet. Oh, but it's the bread that satisfies. It's the bread that once you take eat of, oh, you never hunger again. You never thirst again. This is what Jesus said. I've got water. I've got bread. Oh, that you don't know of. Oh, but how he longs to give it. How he longs to give it out to you and to me. Jeremiah preached recently on the the the, the woman at the table of Jesus who said, oh, but even the dog get the crumbs from the master's table. Imagine the power. Oh, if a crumb can just, if a a crumb can heal a woman and her daughter, how much more can a loaf of bread, a full loaf of bread, the presence of God, all that he gives out liberally. Oh, for you and me, if you'll put a demand on it.
why are you so worked up? I don't know. This is just how I roll in church. I, I, I'm, I'm, I promise you, ever since, ever since I've been saved, you found me one place, unless I had babies all around me. There was a season when I was wrestling too, like some of the mamas in here, daddies. Right? But ever since I've been saved, I've known one way to approach the tabernacle of God. I've known one way to approach corporate gatherings, and that's close to the front, um, hands lifted high, doing everything that I can to sing the right words and give a proper praise to the Lord. It's all I know. I know that everybody's not like that, and I do my best not to judge you for, for your lackadaisical worship, because I know that everybody's not super emotional like me, right? And so, but this is all I know is to go all in. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You, you carry the same spirit about you. You can't keep your hands in your pocket. You can't keep your hands underneath your, your, your legs. Oh, but you got to give him a fitting praise. And for you, a fitting praise looks like your hands lifted, looks like marching around a room, looks like speaking in another tongue, looks like interceding, looks like prophesying, looks like declaring what is the word of the Lord. I don't know. Listen, you've got to understand, we live in an age, we look at Paul, who was at Ephesus, the most vile city, the most vile city perhaps. Perhaps in the in the in the the Roman world, oh, given over to idolatry. You thought America was bad. It pales in comparison where Ephesus was with their idol worship of Arte, Artemis. And so, what does he do? He spends two years in Ephesus, and the Bible says he comes back and he says, "I've wrestled with the beast of Ephesus." What is he talking about? I've contended for revival. That city was turned upside down for the glory of God. They experienced one of the greatest revivals. In the New Testament, because somebody understood, oh, this isn't about looking cute. This isn't about a social gathering. It's not about goosebumps on my neck. It's about, it's about heaven. It's about eternity. It's about souls being in the balance. Oh, my God, my God. Elijah just testified of CFC mourning the, the life of a young lady who's, who's on fire for God. But can I tell you that everyone that passes to the other side on fire for God... There are several hundred more that pass through, never knowing God. Jessica Clark messaged me today. Some of you know Jessica. I don't know anybody that. Jessica, you'll remember. I think David stepped out, who did bus route with me when, uh, when I was a teenager. One young man, we filled up that gratis bus not because it was a particular burden, not because there was, you know, because there was a need, because people were going to hell. And so we're knocking on doors like some weirdos. How weird is it to be knocking on doors and saying, can I take your kid to church? I knew it was weird when I was a teenager. Oh, but for the glory of God. And so, uh, so Jessica messaged me on Facebook just before church. She's talking about John, John Phillips. John Phillips, who... Uh, who today they brought him out of, I, I don't know, he's apparently an overdose. And, uh, and her, her words were, he's going to die from his condition. He's not going to recover. Why are you being morbid? You've got you to gotta understand, this matters. Your destiny matters. Walking in the glory of God and the anointing of God, walking on purpose matters. It matters how you walk in your school, in your middle school, in your high school. It matters that you put a demand on the presence of God for your workplace. It matters that you put a demand from the glory on the word of God, on the promises of God for your home. Well, I feel like taking the microphone and smacking you upside the head, and I would if I thought it would help. 
Christ, the abuse of tell. David says, I'm not going to leave the priest empty-handed. I have to receive something. I'm convinced that this is it. David who comes and he lies. He lies to the high priest about why he's there. How does he get a pass? Hunger. He's hungry. David who's broken every commandment, more commandments than you'll, you'll ever figure out how to break. How does, how does David, how is David known after all of that as the man after God's own heart? Hunger. Take the throne, take it all, but take not your presence. He's hungry. How Moses of all people, Moses who's a murderer. Moses who's a disobedient to God. How does Moses stay in the right favor with God? Don't take me to the other side if your presence doesn't go. I don't, don't, I don't care if they're complaining. Just show me your glory. Hunger. Hunger. Hunger puts you in a place, in a position. Oh, that failure. Uh, that failure can never get you. Hunger puts you in a place, in a position that obedience will never get you. I don't care how well you are at keeping the law. If you're not hungry for it, you're going to leave empty. Every single time we gather, we come. Let me just do a, a, a little pastoring. We come as though the service is about us. We come as though church is about us. And it's about our need. And if the Lord will show up tonight, then maybe I'll be healed. And maybe I'll be delivered. Maybe I'll be filled. Maybe I'll be recharged, right? And the Lord wants to do all of that. But if it's all about you, you're resisted by God. He resists the proud, actually. And corporate gatherings are about one thing, magnifying the name of the Lord. And when you magnify the name of the Lord, he can't help but resist. He can't help. He can't resist the, the, the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of your lips. And it's when we put him where he belongs, he responds with deliverance, with recharge, with Holy Spirit, with courage, with encouragement. And everything that you have desire of and you have need of, if you'll put him where he belongs in gatherings like this. What does that look like practically for you? What does that look like during a, 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 a worship set that is specifically designed to exalt his name? What does that look like? I want you to think about it. What does that look like for you? Does that look like for you kind of twiddling your thumbs like, well, I'm, if they get to that one song, if, if, if Tiffy would just be a little more anointed, I don't know if Tiffy can be any more anointed. Don't look now, right? You might have to have Christ himself ministering to you. And for some of us, I'm not even sure that I'm going to move on. I'm grateful you're here. I'm just saying there's more. And if you're hungry, if you'll just put a demand on his presence, you'll leave with what you desire. common bread, not holy bread. Consecrated. There's bread for you here tonight. Amen. <clears throat> Verse 8. 
Verse 8 says, David asks further. He says, is there not under thine hand a spear or a sword? I left in such haste, in such desperation, that I don't even have a spear or a sword or a means to defend myself. Isn't there something, isn't there something here? And look what, isn't this incredible? Like you would, th- you would have thought that David would have known it was here, right? You would have thought that David was, was he, already, he already knew that, I don't even know that David knew this sword existed anywhere. The one that he used, Dave, Goliath's sword that he used to behead Goliath, right? <clears throat> and here the high priest has the very sword that David used in another valley when he was facing another giant, right? And isn't it like the Lord not just to bring restoration, not just to give you, not just to put in courage, not just to to heal and make whole when you come into his presence, but also he gives you something to leave with. He doesn't come just to fill you, but he comes to empower you. And isn't this the very purpose of the infilling is to empower you to be an effective witness for God. And so the high priest, amen. So the high priest in verse 9, he's like the sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah. Behold, it is here and is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. Amen. And so I want someone to know in the house tonight that the Lord has made proper provision for you what you need to be a contender for revival. Amen? Not just to come and be a holy saint. Not just to come and, 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 and get, sins, get sins under the blood, right? Not just to come and get your conscience right before the Lord, but to be an effective witness for the gospel's sake. You have what it takes. It's not you, but it's what the Spirit of God wants to empower you with. You can leave the house tonight with the sword, with the sword of the Spirit. He's come to empower. He's come to awaken the fighter, the warrior. Hallelujah. What do you think empowered Paul at Ephesus to contend with the beast? Oh, it was the glory of God, the power of God, the spirit of God that enabled him. Hallelujah. And this is what the Lord has for you tonight. Amen. And so here we are. And who would have known? David. David, who, who, who takes the very sword that was supposed to be used to, to slice him and feed him to the fowl of the air. That's what, that's what Goliath said he was going to do to him. Remember that? And who would have known that, that, that all in, in God's providence, God who, 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 who's already seen the end from the beginning, who's already made his way into my tomorrow, amen? He's already been there. He already knows what you're going to face. And when he's a boy, and now we're talking about years later, 
God has already provided a means. And the very thing that was supposed to kill him back here has now become the very thing that's going to empower. Isn't God so good in all of his wisdom and all of his provision that he's gone ahead and he's placed in places and spaces for you the amount of encouragement the amount of faith not that David's going to wield this sword maybe he does maybe this is the sword that he will wield against the Philistines many more will die at his hand I'm not sure that that's what this sword was for this sword of empowerment uh, was for a symbol to all of the people that God is who he says he is that the God who slew the giant is still the God that's with David in, in the darkest moment of his life. When, when Israelites are, have their back against the wall, there's still hope. There's a, there's a testimony. There's a testimony that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The sword is a symbol of faith. And here it is wrapped up in a cloth. It's not supposed to be. The whole purpose of keeping the sword was to put it out as a symbol for people to celebrate, for people to remember. It's a, it's a symbol of remembrance. Remember what remember what Moses said forget not to remember Forget not to remember all that God has done for you. Uh, and so here, here we find the sword and somehow it's wrapped up and it's concealed. And so, and so the, 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 the gut reaction is just to run and get the sword and be empowered. And that's what we all want, right? Let's have another altar call and lay hands and empower people for revival. Woo! Anointing. Glory. Fire! In fact, we like special people to lay hands on us for fire and anointing and power. The sword. Give me the big shiny sword. I tried to find my big shiny sword. Sword. Really large one. It's like you feel, you feel some kind of way when you hold the long sword in your hand. It does something to you. I mean, I don't care if you, I don't care how low your testosterone is. You put that thing in your hands. Like, Feel something. It's not a physical sword, but let me have a microphone. I want to feel something. Let me have a ministry. I want to feel something. Put me on the team. I want to be somebody. Give me, give me the gifts. So I can be somebody. Everybody wants a sword. But where's the sword? Behind the ephod. You know what the high priest says? If you want it, get it. want it, get it then. What are you waiting on, David? But he's got to go through the ephod. The ephod, the garment of the priest. The garment the priest slips on. As the oracles of God. Some theologians say to cover the heart. Of the high priest, they put the ephod on. It has these, these gems and stones. It covers your heart. 
you want the sword of ministry, of empowerment, revival. Get to the heart of God. Get to his presence. Everybody wants the sword. There's not many that's willing to get behind the ephod. Does this mean that we're not going to lay hands for Holy Ghost empowerment? It means that the path to Holy Ghost empowerment is the heart of God. It's the heart of God. It's the presence of God. And any round approach, any round approach ends up with preachers that are full of themselves. Great words that are empty, without the anointing, full of ego, that cause more harm than good, cause more shame to the kingdom than than magnifying the name of Jesus because they want all the eyes on them. I know I'm preaching long. Some of y'all need to text. You need to text Kyle. It's his fault, okay? So I refuse to take responsibility. <clears throat> he doesn't have his timer here, so. <clears throat> if I could have somebody play the piano, I might close. <clears throat> Lindsay, when Je- Jessica decides, when she decides that I've gone too long, she just starts playing wherever I'm at in the message. You have permission. I don't want a platform power I don't want a microphone without an anointing I don't want a position without the proper character to point those who may put their eyes on me to Jesus how do I get there behind the ephod touch the heart of God to God that we had a generation in this house who weren't about the sword so much as they were about the ephod. Lord, find us behind the ephod. Find us as those that are pursuing your heart, that are pursuing your presence with the right understanding that power flows not from position, not from titles, not from promotion, but from presence. Amen. I don't want to be found chasing a sword. I want to be in his presence. I want to hear what Jesus is saying. I want to know the heart of the Father. Verse 9, as we said, if thou wilt take that, take it. 
you want the presence of God, it's available tonight. If you want intimacy tonight with the Lord, it's available. Hallelujah. Can somebody slip their hands to heaven and thank them? That if, if, if you want wholeness tonight, it's good news. If you want it, take it. It's available. It's available to you. Deliverance, you want it? It's available. Take it tonight. Hallelujah unto God. Oh, you want peace in your mind? It's available tonight. If you want it, take it. Hallelujah. You want rest for your soul? There's good news. It's available. Take it. Oh, you've been stressed. You've been worried about the next, next steps, what the future might hold, about whether I should turn left or turn right. There's good news. You want peace? You want direction? It's available. Take it. Hallelujah. You know what David said? Oh my God, do I want it? There's none like it. Do I want it? There's none like it. What's he saying? Oh, the, the promises of God. Oh, the reassurance of heaven, the presence of God. Oh, there's nothing like it. Can I reassure you tonight? Oh, there's nothing like the presence of God. You've had a rough week. There's good news. The presence of God is here to give you rest. And there's nothing like it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, you've come through a, a season of discouragement. Not just a day. Oh, but maybe it's been days. Maybe it's been weeks. Oh, there's good news. There's nothing like the presence of God. Hallelujah. If you want it tonight, take it. Hallelujah. Won't you bow your heads across this room? Holy Spirit, we thank you tonight. Thanks for listening. If this message blessed you in any way, please consider subscribing and sharing this podcast with someone. You can follow us on social media at Haven Youth Church. We love you, fam. The best is yet to come.